Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad to be alive today? You know, say, oh, I wish I'd have been alive during Jesus' day. Well, you'd have been dead already. (laughs) You know? Oh, I wish I could be. You know, Jesus actually said, it's, we are living in a better time than when he lived. Because he said it is better. There, there I go again. I can't get on topic. But anyway, it's better for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the comforter or the Holy Spirit will not come. Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time. But today we have the Spirit of God if we're born-again Christians, if we've asked Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, and we are disciples. You know, I, uh, I've thought about this, and I've thought, you know, sometimes we have this gospel where we just say, well, say this prayer, and you're okay. But Jesus said, you know, we are, he is our Lord. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So it's more than just a confession of Lord. You have to, he actually has to be our Lord. Can you say amen? If not, just say, oh me. Hallelujah. But Jesus is Lord. You know what? It's better to be in the will of God than outside of the will of God. You know, and you say, well, you know, there's a lot of trouble in the world today. Why, why would you want to be alive today? Because there's always been trouble. There has always been trouble. How would you like to have lived in Europe back in the 1940s? How would you have liked to have lived in Southeast Asia, Vietnam, in the 60s? And there's always been trouble. You know, so Jesus uh, said, as we have, uh, as I spoke last week, that in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. That means that, you know, he's overcome everything that the world has, or the world, the flesh, and the devil has to offer. He's overcome it. And so if I connect to him, then I'm connecting to his glory, his might, his strength, and his power. I am connecting to his victory. You know, we used to sing a song, Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. The problem that we faced is we're more in love with ourselves than we are with Jesus. Did I say that? Hallelujah, but it's the truth. The truth will make you free. 
Well, I was uh, minding my own business, asleep in bed, and the Lord spoke to me. And it wasn't a big, it wasn't profound, but it was a word that kept me up. He said, I will be with you in trouble. I will be with you in trouble. How many of you, glad? you know, you're going to face trouble anyway, but the, but the point is, is who's with you? Who's with you? Well, he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. But uh, I have a, um, I want to uh, read some of that. You know, the 91st Psalm is a sermon in itself. It's probably more of a series, but we're not going to do that today. We're going to try to stick to our message, unless the Lord just does it. But anyway, I think he's going to do it anyway. Are your hearts open to receive? Amen. Are you willing to say yes, Lord, even before you hear it? Hallelujah. All right. So the 91st Psalm, verse 14, because he has set his love upon me. Because he has set his love upon me. You know, Jesus to me isn't just a fire escape. Actually, our first ministry, Melody and I, we worked in a Teen Challenge coffee house. And the coffee house was called the fire escape. The fire escape. Well, uh, the, this was in downtown Kansas City, and uh, we were a double occupancy. We didn't run it. We were just, we were just doing the coffee house. But the, the Teen Challenge Center was adjacent to a gay bar. You say, oh, that's bad. No, that's good. That's good. Because it was a, they had their music, and we brought in, oh, don't tell anybody, Christian rock. <laughs> so when people were walking down the street, they didn't know where to go, which one. So they liked, I guess they liked our music. So some of them came in. They heard the message. They, uh, they not only heard the, well, the music had a message, but also the, uh, you know, the word was preached. And I, and I can testify because I knew him personally of people that got born again and converted into a new lifestyle. Hallelujah. You say, well, I, I just want to get away from all that stuff. Well, maybe the, that's not the Lord's will. Come on. Oh, yeah, well, we're in Psalm 91. He says, because he has set his love upon me, do you, is, do you love him more than you love yourself? Uh, we're not answering today. We we contemplating. Anybody remember the remember the Titans? Remember when I think it was uh, Petey. I think it was the running back. It was the first meeting the coach had with. He comes in walking, and oh, Petey's smiling. He says, "Why are you smiling?" He says, "Because football is fun." He's, and then the coach says, is football fun? Yeah. Is football fun? Well, no, no. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> oh, you're thinking now. Anyway. So this is one of these questions. Do you love the Lord 
more than you love yourself. He says, unless you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, he said, you have no part of me. But you know what? His cross, is his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light compared to the mess that a lot of people have gotten themselves into. Jesus sets people free from alcoholism. You know, I was on that road. I was on that road. People have, Jesus set people free from perversion. Jesus has set people free from addictions. Jesus has set people free from everything that the enemy wants to bring against you to foul you up. He has set you free from all the chains if you say, well, I feel, still feel bound. Well, Jesus can set you free. Do you love him more than you love yourself? Because if you love yourself more than you love Jesus, you'll try to figure out how to get yourself out of your own problem instead of depending upon Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Because he set his love upon me. Decide, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? It's easy to say yes. It's easy. You know, I, I, was, uh, I was a kid raised in a Baptist church, and we were taught from very early, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. So we knew that Jesus loved us, so it was easy to say, yes, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me, I love Jesus. But you know what? It's kind of like marriage. I'm talking about young marriage. Yeah, it could be old marriage too, I don't know. But you know what? You have, uh, you have ideals about what marriage is going to be like. And you're bringing two different cultures together. I had a culture that I was raised in, and Melody had a different culture that she was raised in. And so we merged this together, and there was sparks and grinding and all that sort of stuff because her, her culture was probably more biblical than mine. There wasn't no probably about it. It was just, there was a grinding, but you know what? We've got, uh, it's, our, our marriage is good. Real good. 43 years. Hallelujah. I even remember our anniversary. I remember her birthday. She forgets it, but I remember. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Some people are crying out for deliverance and they have no time for Jesus. Reminds me of a song. No time left for you. On my way to better things. 
I would sing it, but it's, my voice can't handle it. But, but you know what? We don't just call on Jesus. You know, Jesus is gracious. He will, he will answer you when you're in trouble. He'll answer you. Let's get back on the thing. Quit pulling me off. He says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Do you know that that goes along with the previous statements? You love him. You love him. He'll deliver you. He'll set you on high because you've known his name. Knowing his name is just not knowing the name of Jesus. Knowing the name of Jesus is also knowing his character. Are you walking in the character and the likeness of Jesus? Thank you, Lord. He says, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I want to uh, just continue with the thought that God is with us because he will be with us in trouble. You know, you'd have to be blind and blind and deaf and just about lose all your senses to not realize we've got a nation in trouble. But be of good cheer. Come on. Smile a little bit. I like to, you know, I like, I, I know some Christians. I want to tell them, smart, you know, I want to tell them just to let your face know you're saved. <laughs> let your face know you're saved. Glory, hallelujah. You've got more to be, you've got more to be thankful for than you're letting your face know about. He said, uh, but anyway, you know, the Old Testament saints were given jobs and they became fearful. They became fearful. You know, Joshua became fearful when Moses died. And God had to reaffirm to him. He said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And, he, and God had to tell him a number of times, don't be afraid. Be of good courage. Well, we've been told the same thing by Jesus. The New Testament gives us this same assurance that God will be with us. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Turn to somebody and say, he won't even leave you. He won't even leave you. Well, we know that because he comes to you, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Christ, uh, the Bible says that Christ in me is to live, to die as gain. So where's Christ? Uh, no, he's inside. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's another one. Also, it is God who works in you both to will and to do of, good, of his good pleasure. Sometimes we have conflict because we are in disagreement with what God is actually doing on the inside of us. 
You know, you want to go hide in a corner. You want to set, you want to set down. You want to, you want to have a life of ease where God says, no, I'm not done with you. I want you to be my witness. Oh man, I, I, I'm afraid to witness. Well, just live like it. Just live like Christ is on the inside of you. Like I said, smile. You know, it's amazing. Some people have been saved from suicide because people have smiled at them and been nice to them. You know, if somebody, if, if I, don't, I don't even know. Do they have actually have restaurants with waiters now? Okay, good. Well, if you've got, if you get lousy service, don't criticize that waitress. They might be going through hell at home. I remember Ken Gobbs said he uh, he had ordered a steak and there was a uh, the waiter came in and she had her thumb on the steak and he says why do you have my why do you have your thumb on my steak she says I don't want to drop it on the floor again <laughs> that's a tr that's truth that's not just a joke that's the real deal. He had another, uh, oh, praise the Lord. He had another, I might as I'm already in it. He had another lady, you know, she was just miserable. She was just miserable, you know. And so uh, she came and she, uh, he said, uh, do you have frog legs? She looked at the menu and she pointed, she says, yeah, got frog legs. She, he says, well, how do you walk? Some of you might get it later, but, you know, sometimes you have, you know, you can make, you can change people's lives. You don't have to be as nasty, you don't have to be your nasty self. You can let that Jesus that is on the inside of you shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Come on out. You know, we used to, we're used to talking about casting out devils. Well, we need to uh, get Jesus out. Come out. Let Jesus shine. Thank you, Lord. So anyway, we also know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We also know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Where is God in his temple? God is in his temple. Hallelujah. And that's why Jesus said that we could be of good cheer. So again, we'd have to, uh, we cannot deny God and his word and continue to expect to live in the blessings of the Lord. We've got to, we've got to agree with God's word. We've got to agree with God so that we can continue, we can continue to walk in the blessings. You know, the Bible says an interesting thing, you shall reap what you sow. And a lot of times we, uh, we only use that during taking up the offering. But no, there's a lot more to you reap what you sow than the offering time. If, you're, if, if you are making people's lives miserable, you will reap what you sow. I ought to get an amen out of that. Bunch of wives, I'd say, hey, man, Pastor, preach that. 
Maybe some husbands ought to say, amen, about to breach that. You know what? If you, don't, if you don't get excited, I'll get excited myself. How about it? Well, we see God prospered the Israelites in the Old Testament. Have you ever actually read the Bible? The old part? You can see where when Israel was following God, they were exalted above other nations. They were exalted. They were prosperous. Other nations envied them and other nations feared them. But when they, but when they turned their back on the Lord, when they forsook, when they forsook God, then their enemies were empowered over them. I thought you were preaching the good news today. Well, if you're in trouble and you want to find out how to get out, this is good news. Their enemies prospered over them and their economy was wrecked. I don't know if you care about the national economy, but you have an economy. You know that God could prosper you. and the, You know, there were more people that were made millionaires during the Depression because they, because they heard God and they knew what to do. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Jesus. How did they, for, how did they forget God? Well, I want to compare that with our nation for a moment. Is that okay? Because we can turn it around. This is not doom and gloom. Ooh, no, no, no. I believe our nation can be turned around. I believe our nation can be saved. I, uh, as a matter of fact, Reinhard Bonnke, before he died, he prophesied and said, America shall be saved. Hallelujah. He didn't do it as a prophecy. He just said it, and that is prophetic to me. America will be saved. I don't believe God, I don't believe God wants any nation to go down the tubes. But you know what? We have a responsibility. Can you say amen? So, in comparison, how have we forgotten God? Well, we've taken the Word of God out of public life. Taken the Word of God out of public life. You can't have those Ten Commandments hanging in the courtroom. We got to get rid of them. We got to, you can't set, you can't pray in school. You can't do, you can't do anything that is biblically exalting God. Well, why? Because they want to be God themselves. And so if you're worshiping, if you're worshiping the God, then you won't worship the God. Amen. How about idol worship? The Israelites were into idol worship. What did they do in idol? Idol worship wasn't just bowing down before a statue. God spoke to the Israelites and said, you are worshiping demons and not me. How did they, and what was involved in their uh, pagan worship of idols? They sacrificed their children. One of, one of the methods was they had this hollow, uh, I think it was Molech, they had this hollow, uh, uh, I think it's a bronze idol. They built a fire in it, and 
the thing got, you know, extremely hot and they laid their child in the open arms of the idol and it burned to death. So, wow, I'm glad we're not doing that. <laughs> Man, we've cur- killed over 30 million babies. You know, when you forget God, you cannot just go on and say, this is okay. Bless me, bless me. And I believe that God bless America, land that I love, stand beside her and God. That is a prayer. I wonder why we stopped singing it. Well, it's not popular anymore. Well, it could be popular to you. You know, it is a prayer. A A lot of those even old patriotic songs were prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Also, the destruction of the family. You know what the nuclear family is? The nuclear family is where there's a father, there's a mother, and there's children. Our government and these groups that are rising up want to destroy the nuclear family. They want to keep the father out of the, out of the family so that the, re- so that the rest of the family has to be dependent upon the government. Now, if you need assistance, that's fine. You know, I'm not against that. I'm just saying uh, our nation has been wrecked because of fatherlessness. It's been wrecked because of fatherlessness. Well, what about, uh, you might say, well, is this in the Bible? Well, I got a scripture for you. Disarming the police force. That's brilliant. (laughs) That is brilliant. When you disarm the police force, who's going to protect you? Besides that, they want to take your guns. Then what are you going to do? I mean, I don't want to get, you know, this isn't a conspiracy theory, and I don't want to go too much, and because Rebecca told me to walk in, am I I okay? All right. (laughs) You know, uh, when you, when you, when everybody in your family is a preacher, (laughs) I don't get told what to do, I just kind of get instructed. (laughs) Walk in love, you got to say it in love, okay, this is about as much love as I can stir up. (laughs) But anyway, what's the scripture for that? What's the scripture? The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed from God. Thank you, Jesus. He says, verse 2, he says, Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will, will bring judgment on themselves. You know, when you resist the police, and I, I don't like what happened to George Floyd, and I don't think it was right. I do not think it was right. And I think the guy that had his knee on his neck should be punished. Bless God, you don't blame the whole police force. That's just take it broad. You know, that would be like saying, okay, well, you know, we know that there, 
that this particular group, uh, they kill and they steal and they do all this stuff. So everybody is like that. No, we judge people by their character. Martin Luther King said we judge people by their character, not the color of their skin. Well, he goes on to say they bring judgment on themselves. He goes on to say, he says, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. He said, do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise of the same. Verse 4, for he is God's minister for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. This is a New Testament scripture, by the way. Romans is in the New Testament. You know, there's some New Testament scriptures that are just avoided. He says, for the police are God's ministers, an avenger, an executor of wrath on those who, on those who practice evil. In other words, you know, the, the job of the president is to defend and protect so that you don't have to defend and protect yourself. But if they disarm the police, if they, if they try to take away your Second Amendment rights, what are you going to do? You say, well, pastor, you know, the Bible says you're not supposed to kill. Well, you know, there is a scripture Jesus talked about. I think it's uh, John chapter 10. He was talking about the sheep and the wolves. And the pastors and the uh, hirelings, those that were paid to watch the sheep. He said, when the wolf comes, when the wolf comes, the... um, no pun intended. <laughs> when the wolf comes, then the hireling runs away. The hireling runs away, but the shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Somebody comes, that's why we lock the doors. We don't want any wolves coming in. Those that would come in to kill, steal, and destroy. You know what? There's been too many times where people have gone into churches and they've come in and they just start shooting people. I love the one that happened in uh, Texas. Somebody shot back. And he didn't kill any more people. Because he was taken out. So I believe if a Christian has the opportunity to stop evil, it would be wrong for them not to stop it. Just a thought. Just a thought. Well, you know, our cities are being turned over to Marxist mobs. You know what Marxists are? They're communists. Really, it's antichrist. Marxism Destroy, as a matter of fact, there was uh, one of the leaders of, of the mob said, we need to destroy, we need to burn down all the churches. The wake-up call would be the buildings, not the church. 
You know, it's, it's funny. The fastest growing church in the world is, is in China. And they're, they're destroying their buildings. Praise the Lord. It just set me free. Why don't you? <laughs> anyway. So, what's the scripture for that, Pastor? Galatians 5.1, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. If somebody's trying to take your freedom, you have the right and the duty to resist. Hallelujah. John chapter 8 verse 31, a familiar scripture, but let's look at it in a different light. John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, you shall, you shall be my disciples. In the, if you abide in what? My word. You know, uh, I was on my phone this morning looking, trying to find in my Bible, which I was unsuccessful. But the Bible says that he exalts his word above his name. A lot of us try to go and use the name of Jesus, and we have, no, we have no appetite for the Word of God. You've got to have an appetite for the Word of God before the name of Jesus can become powerful in your voice. You know, Satan gets fearful when you start quoting the Bible. When you start quoting the Word, there are scriptures that Satan absolutely hates. I particularly like the one in Revelation 20 where it says, And the devil, which deceived them, was cast into the lake of fire, which burns with fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. He used to torment me. Well, I started tormenting him back. You know, that's why it's called the sword of the Spirit. You know, uh, I've got a bayonet. I think it's uh, at home. My brother-in-law. It was my pride and joy when I was a when I was a teenager because a, a, a lot of kids wanted it. They were they wanted to buy it from me. I wasn't going to give up my bayonet. You know, and I was in the scouts, and we'd go out and camp and stuff like that. And so they're always looking at my. My bayonet I had here, you know. But you know that bayonet would have done a soldier no good if it stayed in their sheath, in the sheath. There, the Word of God is only good when it comes off of the pages into your heart and out of your mouth. The Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, we speak God's Word. And not just the Scriptures we like. Oh, Jesus loves me. Yeah, he loves you. But he's also Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, as we ought to be winding down, there is a scripture in the Old Testament. If you, don't, if you want to ignore it, go ahead. No, not really. But it says the, the nation that, forgot, that forgets God is turned into hell. Now, even if that was literal or not, when you deny God, all hell breaks loose. 
When you deny God, the, you know, there was a, like Job, Job had a head, Satan said, you know, God says, have you considered my servant Job? None like him in the earth. He's righteous. Job said, well, no wonder you've got a hedge about him. Well, that, that hedge was there because he was righteous. And so, and so when we start taking a, when we start walking in unrighteousness, you know, and I could go on and on and on, but I don't want to because I'm, the, the word today is be of good cheer. Turn to somebody and say, smile, God loves you or something like that. But in Psalm 19, or no, I'm sorry, Psalm 9, verse 17, it says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and the nation that forgot God. Well, let's remember. You know, it was funny, Israel, if you read the book of Judges and Chronicles and all those books, you see, Israel was on a roller coaster ride. They were, no, Judah, I should say. Judah was on a roller coaster ride because when they were up, they had a righteous king and they were living righteously. Then an, in, then an unrighteous king would come down, and then they would go down into depression. They would go down into economic ruin. They would go down where the enemy would... Uh, would be able to defeat them. But as soon as they got a righteous king and they started, they got rid of the idols, they got rid of all this stuff, and they started worshiping the true God, then God brought the prosperity back. God brought the health back to the, to the nation. Hallelujah. Are you ready to bring health back to the nation? Well, I believe this is the last I'm going to say. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> we have a civic duty to resist platforms that are anti-biblical. You say, oh, I wish God would do something. He said, I wish you'd do something. If you're not registered to vote, you need to, vote. You need to get registered. And I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I could because, hey, Trump got rid of the Johnson Amendment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, for 50 years, I'm going to tell you what it is. For 50 years, the church has been silenced because they could not speak on political issues. Now, that depends on what church you went to. Because I happen to know that some churches were allowed to speak anything they wanted to. But if you were speaking anything conservative, you were shut down and hunted by the IRS. But hallelujah, we love them anyway, don't we? We love. Love, 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 love. It's all about love. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that was the introduction. You know, I probably made some of you happy. I probably made some of you mad. But, you know, it's just like asking people before a church service, how many of you are cold? About half of you would raise your hand. Well, how many of you are too hot? 
then the other half would raise their hand. That's why I never, that's why I use it before. You know, the, old, the, the more you get in the ministry, you figure things out. I stop asking people if it's too hot, too cold. We just try to find the happy medium and just set it there and don't ask. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, right. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, just another thought came to me, but let's shut up. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You will be with us in trouble. And even though there are tr we are living in troubling times in this nation, we know, Lord God, that you're with us. And Lord, as you told the saints of old in the, in the Old Testament, anytime they had a job to do, Lord God, your answer was when they were fearful, you said, all you said was, I will be with you. I will be with you. That same promise is given to us. You are with us. And we are not to be fearful. We are not to cower. We are not to back down. We are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. For Lord, you have called us not only to, not only to look forward to heaven, even though that's part of it, but you have called us to bring change Lord, in our nation, you said that we are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world because you're on the inside of us. We give you praise and thanks and honor and glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody turn to somebody and say, I love you. Not you guys. You, you, we already know you're doing that. <laughs> praise the Lord. Did you, did you already announce it right? Did you get married? <laughs> Hallelujah. I, well, you know, I've got short-term memory. I was telling Raymond before the service, it took me all day to find my glasses. And it was the last place I looked. Some of you ain't even going to, you're going to get that later. Why would I look for them if I found them? So it was the last place I looked. Well, hallelujah. I'm going to ask for the uh, healing team to come up. Healing, uh, come on. And, uh, you know, uh, even if there's more prayer requests than just healing, uh, we, we invite you to come up. <laughs>